0: We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company, Black Dog Builders, in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire.
1: We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan.
0: And I am David Bryan. It's so good to be here with you.
1: It is so good to be here. You with look me. radiant today. No, I'm not <laughs> kidding. You, you look radiant. To me, you do. Uh, so, oh, uh, you're so full of crap. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what we're going to do today, because we understand that there are many new listeners who just jump in in the middle. This I cannot understand. When I start a podcast, I have to start at the beginning and work my way through because I, I can't possibly start in the middle. But some people do. You're crazy. Crazy people. <laughs> well, and no, that's but, okay.
0: but, but the alternative is that if they're listening to this one, that meant they had, they got all the way from the beginning to this, which is just excruciating to listen to all those podcasts. It and ours. is
1: excruciating. How many do we I have now? Uh, like over a hundred. Over a hundred. Wow. Over a hundred. Yeah. 100
0: of you babbling for a hundred.
1: That's a lot. It's
0: a lot. Yeah. I, I but, don't babble. Excuse me, uh, sir. Did I use that word? I didn't mean that. Sorry. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. So anyway, what we thought we would do is introduce ourselves once again for those people who have jumped in in the middle. Like crazy people and really don't know who we are or why we're talking.
0: Or why you should listen to or us. Or why you
1: should even listen. But here you are listening. So
0: <laughs> so we're going to give you a better Clearly you've got nothing better to do. Yeah. So,
1: so anyway, David, why should people listen to you?
0: Well, so uh, let's go with us, but I'll, I'll answer. I'll answer. <laughs> so, uh, so Brett and I have owned and operated... Uh, remodeling company in Southern New Hampshire for 33 years. Yeah. Right. So, and uh, our company is called Black Dog Builders. We have a number of other companies and, and businesses that we run, but they're all in the residential construction space. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so we're a design build firm. We have a total of 65 employees uh, and we do sort of everything from basic handyman projects all the way through full large design build whole house remodel projects. Um, and, and I guess one of the things that is, we're very in, so very into what we do and how we do it. And, and more than that, even very into the industry and trying to, our industry is a rough industry, right? There's, uh, <laughs> it
1: is a little rough around the edges. It's
0: tough, right? Because there are a lot of companies who uh, don't there are good technicians out in the marketplace who um, are good at doing the work and are not good at running the business, right. right? And unfortunately, that creates a bunch of problems. Like our our industry, residential remodeling, is usually neck and neck for the most consumer complaints. With
1: used car sales. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's shocking. Like right? pond scum, is, is right? generally yeah, right. And
0: and and so consequently, the the thing, you know, the kind of work that we do. Most people, it's the it's the second biggest investment after the purchase of their home, right? Right, and and they have to go into the idea of making this purchase or doing this kind of a project in in a marketplace that doesn't feel good, right? right? A marketplace that is fraught with horror stories and fraught with problems and fraught with challenges. And, and some so- of
1: these, by the way, the horror stories are not always the the. Fault contract the, no 100% contractor you know right. like sometimes it's just poor communication but again what it comes down to is just bad business practices where you're not being super clear
0: well it's that and it's also it you know i i'm, I'm a big fan of making sure that as a consumer you're educated right, right? And, and so as we're speaking to to homeowners who are thinking about doing a project uh, our our real goal here is to try to help you help ensure and if you've listened to the previous shows or some of the previous shows the theme is to try to help people have a good experience, right? We Our goal is, it's Renovation Made Right is the show name. It's not by accident. We want you to, to to make sure that you have projects that come out the way you want in every capacity. Right. From an experience perspective, a financial perspective, a finished project perspective. And, you know, so we, we kind of bring our experience to bear to talk about, you know, how you think about finding a contractor, how you think about scoping a project, how you think all that stuff is years and years of us doing it with clients. And, uh, and frankly, years in the beginning of us making mistakes.
1: Yeah. So, so speaking of that, we're just backing up because we're still introducing people to us and why they should listen to us. Right. How did you, how did you end up in the, in the remodeling world? What's your background?
0: Yeah. So, uh, I went to the University of Vermont, uh, got a degree from the School of Business and Marketing, and I thought that I would end up, uh, you know, kind of going to work for a large corporation and doing the the nine to five. And I, I worked for a consulting company in Boston for about six months, and my, my whole family were white collar, so I kind of thought that's what I was supposed to do. Uh, but after that first six months, it just was not a fit for me. And, and I'd always loved working with my hands. I was a carpenter. Uh, through all of college, and I actually, when I was a kid in high school, I had a wood shop at home, uh, so that's I had always been drawn to that. And you know, I just when I was when I was sitting in front of at my, at my desk in my consulting job, I was yearning to be doing something else, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it was it was working with my hands. And so, with with way too much enthusiasm and way too little knowledge, uh, I quit that job to start my first construction company. Right. At 23.
1: Which flamed 22. out in a year and a half. Yeah, oh yeah. Our, our first company. Big, big flame out, yeah. which, was, which was actually your MBA in, yeah. first, uh, in how to be an entrepreneur.
0: The first company blew up in a huge way by making every mistake that we talk about in this show, mm-hmm. right? And it, it was never with evil intent, and it was never to take advantage of anybody. And, and we did, by the way. We, right. it, it, I, we didn't go bankrupt. We never stiffed anybody. We did close the business down with a lot of debt, Yeah. right? Um, and that was a, a, a very big challenge, but we learned a ton, and we didn't quit, and we eventually found mentors that could help us learn what we needed to learn, mm-hmm. right, and who could point us in the direction, and who could also be role models for us to say, hey, you can actually make a great life for yourself in this business, and you can have fun doing it, and you can do good work, and you know you can build a great team, it's and all that stuff. a family. And yeah,
1: like, and all, like, all,
0: know, all those right. things, right? So uh, So over the course of time, I have spent a lot of my energy learning and understanding sort of the optimal way to run our modeling business uh, and and learning how to continue to make it evolve and get better and change and grow. Um, and then another big piece of what I do, and this is more of a personal mission, is I spend time working with remodeling contractors uh, and coaching them and and helping them. Uh, sometimes it's just mentoring people that I, I become friends with. Sometimes it's uh, it's a it's a professional coaching relationship. I, I also work for a company called Romano's Advantage, and Romano's Advantage uh, is a essentially a, a roundtable organization of the top tier companies in the country, uh, and I run meetings for them uh, in the spring and the fall. Uh, where they bring together non-competing companies to share best practices and to to make themselves better, mm-hmm. right? So uh, that's always a source of, of of great learning and great sharing, and it's it's you know it's part of uh, part of what I bring to the table when we talk about this kind of stuff. Good. And how about you, my dear?
1: Oh, I was wondering when you would get to me. I was just sitting over here waiting and waiting. Well, wait no more. Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so. How did I get into the business? So, first of all, as a child, I always grew up in a home that was constantly being remodeled. I, my my stepdad was basically a um, he was a college professor, but he was also a frustrated carpenter. Like what he really, really wanted to be doing was was be a designer and a carpenter. And so he was always working on some project on some house or some um, uh, uh, yeah, an investment property or whatever, and and doing work. And that was just what he did on weekends every single weekend that was his sport um was building and so we learned and and he would hire all the kids to do like you know sand floors and do demo and you know I was constantly covered in plaster dust basically so that I sort of had that in my blood from from a very early age and uh and then when I met Dave we met in college actually it's a great love story (laughs) um (laughs) We met in college, and then on. and then he was a he was a carpenter in the summers, and then you know when he was just miserable, um, doing this uh, nine to five thing, uh, I basically said, well, why don't you just start the company that you want to start? And so he did, and I and I worked for um, a, in a corporation uh, for a long time, what, supporting what I would call his remodeler's habit. Which right. was, you know, just basically paying the bills so that he could lose enormous amounts of money <laughs> in a very short amount of time.
0: You you got to, you kept the mortgage paid while I well I, did while I put in eighty paid. hours a week trying to figure out how to do it
1: exactly. Okay. And um, and then, like he said, you know, after the first business flamed out, we went to the remodeler show, the first remodeler show in in. Baltimore and we met people and we we went to seminars and we were like oh my gosh this is actually something we could continue doing and so sort of doubled down and at that point I started working because um, Dave was always asking me for my help on designs and, and f- figuring stuff out which I loved anyway um But I I hadn't really thought about it as a career. It was just something I dabbled in. And then so I started going back to school. And I started working for a a kitchen firm and learning kitchen design. And got my CKD, which is Certified Kitchen Designer, status from the NKBA. Um, And then continued to branch out from there. So I've been doing design for, I don't know, 30 years, something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And I love it. It's actually like... um, like, uh, like obsessive, you know, like I get, I, I, I actually am one of those obnoxious people who walk into somebody's house and like, I'm very polite about it. I actually don't say this out loud, but I'm remodeling their house as I you know, speak being like, Oh, that flow is terrible. Oh, they would do so much better if that door moved over there. Oh my gosh, that kitchen is just a mess. And again, I never say anything, but I have the whole thing worked out. By the time I leave that evening, I've, I've like solved their problems. So, um, and I'm always happy when some one of my one of my friends calls me up, who I've already got it worked out in my head. <laughs> They're like, "I want to read it." I'm like, "Oh, thank God! <laughs> let, let me get in there." So for me, it's I'm super passionate about it, and I, I enjoy it so so much. Um, and just being able to change people. I do, I'm I'm working with someone right now. She actually burst into tears when she saw the plan because she had not been able to envision what what the, what the space could have looked there like. There was happy tears. Happy tears. Yeah. No, yeah. Sorry. Not, <laughs> not, yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't sad, but she had not envisioned what it could be, what her kitchen could be. Um, and, you know, finally having this opportunity to make it better was, it's huge. So, you know, you change people's perspectives and their lives and that, you know, uh, Dave and I just finished doing our, um, master bedroom, which we, you know, for 20 years, we hated our room and the flow was terrible. And, um, and we just redid it. And every day I walk in there and I'm like, oh, this place is amazing. And I just love it so much. And I'm so happy in this space. And that's what we do for people. We make them happy in their space. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's super gratifying.
0: Yeah. And so I think, you know, we talk about that kind of stuff to help homeowners um, on the project side. But we also spend a lot of time talking about um, trying to help folks through the process, which is not clear, right, in our society, the path that people take to get a project put together and built is not black and white. There's a lot of different ways people go. Um, and then you know, there's the whole do-it-yourself side of the marketplace as well. Um, so we try to come at, at, at remodeling and renovation work from a bunch of different angles, but they're all in the end geared toward trying to give you some actionable information that you can work with.
1: Right, right. right, yep.
0: And have a little fun along the way.
1: Yep, Excellent. So, so that's us. So hopefully if you already knew who we were, you just skipped over this episode altogether. And you don't even need to listen.
0: Right. Or not. Or you just fast forwarded to our next listener question, which we're going to do right now.
1: Yes, we are. All right. Okay. So here it is. Um, Hi, Brendan, Dave, my wife and I love listening to your podcast while we do work around our house. We are considering getting into the house flipping business with my brother-in-law, who is a contractor. What are things that we should pay attention to when approaching an old home renovation? Thanks. Mike and Judy from Wichita, Kansas.
0: That is awesome. I love the fact that we're reaching Kansas. Kansas. This podcast. We're reaching Russia. We're reaching all over the place. It's amazing. Are
1: we reaching? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy.
0: So anyway. Um, wow. What you can't, what, listener, what you can't see is Meryl nodding your head like yes, Brenda, we're reaching Russia. That's, so Meryl tracks all of our stats and makes us uh, sound way smoother than we actually are speaking in the <laughs> microphone. Um, so the uh, so a couple things that's so that's a great question because house flipping is uh, is a big topic and a challenging topic on a bunch of different levels. And you've heard us talk a little bit about. Uh, some of the challenges for people buying flipped houses right mm-hmm. uh, those aren't th- those are no different than the yeah. people who are doing the flipping right right So the first thing I would warn you about and I don't know the Kansas City market you guys obviously do but um, my guess would be since much of the market but since much of the real estate in the country benefited under the pandemic uh, Kansas City I, I would I would guess would be fairly similar you've seen home value increases mm-hmm. right? Which is great. The problem with that is obviously, as you're you're always you're always thinking about your margin or the spread between what you invest in the purchase of the home and spend on the rehab and what you can sell it for, mm-hmm. right? So, in a climbing market, you can actually make a bunch of mistakes in the flipping business. And
1: so when you define I'm sorry,
0: in a market where the, the an appreciating market where the home values are climbing, mm-hmm. right? In, where, the, where, the, where the home values are climbing and the houses are appreciating. Uh, you can actually be not that good at it and still make money, mm-hmm. right? It, it, you know, an, an appreciating market can cover up a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. In a market that is flat or declining, uh, you got to be super careful, mm-hmm. right? Because you've got you've to find the right house. And that's a really big, you know, you want to list a series of criteria. And by the way, we've talked about this before, but real estate, from my perspective, Especially in this capacity, not in not like your primary home capacity, but real estate in this capacity uh, is not an emotional purchase. It is a very structured, mm-hmm. logical, intentional purchase, right? So you need to be careful about figuring out your cost going into it to acquire the house, the work that you've decided needs to get done to it, and the budget associated with that. Right. And, and then a realistic feedback from a knowledgeable realtor in your market about what you could get out of it on the, on the back end, mm-hmm. right? And think about that. So you, you have your purchase price, and you have your renovation cost, uh, and then you have your sale price. The likelihood is, and, and you also have to be very cognizant of trying to be a pessimist as you put together your construction budget, mm-hmm. right? It's not e- Like, I'm a naturally optimistic guy. I get myself in trouble on spec projects all the time with yeah, that. Yeah, he does. Right? And so I think, oh, we can get that done for $30,000. And, they, you know, it wasn't going to get done for less than forty, mm-hmm. right? So as a flipper, you don't have that luxury, um, especially in a flatter market, because you don't have any cushion there, right? And so picking the house right, that, that you can do things to that will meaningfully change the way the house appears to consumers mm-hmm. and functions to consumers, but you don't go off you don't have to go too deep into it right?
1: right and i and i would i would put to you that i think the the houses that sell the best after they're done are not always the ones who've had a lot of work done to right, them right it's it's the fluff and buff right and it is and when i say that i just mean making everything that's already there look as good as it can right and being a good designer yourself like think about um, if if you're or, good or, at this, or, right? Or, or if either a, good, or, or work with a good designer, right? right? You know, in terms of like what's important to people buying right now, what makes a space feel open, what makes a space feel closed. Like thinking about um, finishes and flow, and you know, there's some houses that are renovated and haven't had a ton of money put into them, but they have been judged by somebody really clever and and can sell like like that. People so, walk in and be like I want that right now. And all it is is furniture and paint and exactly. some some clever use of materials and they'll move. If you invest a ton of money into a property but you don't have that like and I call it judging, right? right? Like if you don't have that juj, it ain't going to move. Right. And, people and, and, can't envision it and then staging, and, that's the other thing.
0: And I, and I think you're 100% right. I, and I bring it back to um, our primary bathroom model, right? So I, I, every day now, or our primary bedroom model, Every day I walk in that room, I feel better. I like, I physically feel better. Mm-hmm. It make it, it gives me a sense of I want to be in this space. Mm-hmm. I want to spend more time in this space. To the extent that you can take an empty house that you purchased, you know, maybe maybe you purchased from an estate sale or whatever, is, and and it's it's empty and uninspiring. To the extent that you can take that empty house, think about it. How's the flow? What can we do that doesn't involve tons of work mm-hmm. that will make this house evoke that feel, right? Make make the average person walk in that house and go, "Oh, honey, look at this," right? And and get that sense of of they're already picturing themselves in the space, having dinner with their family or watching a football game on Sunday or whatever it is. Right. That's that's where. You have a lower dollar going in, mm-hmm. and a bigger dollar coming out. When you take on projects that are big projects, you ever the bigger the project, the more risk. Mm-hmm. The more risk in budget exposure, the more risk in you know in problems during construction, the mm-hmm. more risk in, in those kinds of things. And the other side of it is also, you know, looking at people. There there are certain things that people don't want to spend more money on. And then worry about problems. So it's important that you look at the infrastructure of the house. And what do I mean by that? I mean by I mean that by that like uh, your heating plant or your cooling plant or your forced hot water system or or you know your electrical system. If all that stuff is outdated, you need to think about that at the time because new buyers are going to look at that as uh,
1: potential risk as right. a negative, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And so you know to so, to the extent that you can can find homes that don't require a ton of that stuff and you can do other things just like you said. Mm-hmm. The, the kind of, the, 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 the picking it up. Yep, the right? fluff and buff. Um, that's one, a big One deal.
1: thing I do want to point out before we wrap this topic up that's super important is don't be sleazy about it.
0: Uh, I'm so glad you went there because I was going to talk about that. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Because people, when you cover up stuff that's problematic just to sell the house, that's sleazy. Please don't be sleazy.
0: Right. Well, it, you know, it's it, it's obviously just goes to an integrity issue, right? And right. unfortunately, there are ways in the business to cover things up uh, that won't come back we'll to... We'll give the but- example
1: of the folks down this the right. street. Right, we,
0: we talked about that in, in a previous show where you know the contractor that flipped that house did a bunch of stuff completely inappropriately. It didn't look bad. I could, I'm could. a professional. I know exactly what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And I could see the problems. Almost no homeowner could pick up the defects that were ultimately going to cause failures. Right, so right?
1: just just a brief... Brief description of it is there, there was a lot uh, of rotting roofing and rotting siding that was just covered over with new siding.
0: Right. So, and cutting over. Yeah. So rot, yeah, rotting sheeting rot on the roof sheathing. and covered over with, yep. with new roofing. Just like inexcusable stuff.
1: Right. right? And, and
0: the siding, there was a way to install the siding that was correct, which would have allowed the house to shed water properly, but it would have been more expensive. And there was a way to install the siding that was incorrect, which is cheaper and faster. Right. And they went cheaper and faster, and it allowed water to make its way behind the siding and essentially rot the siding out, the old siding
1: out. The old siding. right, Which was already problematic to begin with. So, so bo- bottom yeah. line is like, if you're gonna do that, that's fine. Um, don't, don't cover up sins and, and pass them on to somebody else. It's not fair.
0: Right, and, yeah, in and, and, and a, and a perfect world, by the way, if you get into this business and you do it long enough, you can be in a spot where you know, you don't, instead of, uh, instead of somebody saying, oh, uh, this was a flipped house, they could say, "Oh, you know what? Uh, this was a house flipped by uh, the Joneses, and the Joneses have a reputation in our marketplace of always doing the best thing they could do." Right. Right. And and then you find realtors that are actually promoting your house, mm-hmm. not warning their clients about flipped houses. Right. right? So it, it pays dividends to, uh, to 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 make that investment right. in the energy. And it, you know maybe if your margin is a little skinnier, yes. But uh, be careful. It's it, it sounds exciting. It sounds like there's great opportunity. But there's a bunch of risk, too.
1: Yeah, there is a bunch of risk. All but right. anyway, we wish you well. We hope it works out. Yeah. This has been another episode of Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryant. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Right. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like the show, leave us a review.